welcome to anybody who is a, a listener um, to the, the Good Friends Reading Club. Uh, my name is Eddie Duke. I'm here with my friend Dan Colanduno. Hello. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, here. thanks for having me. Um, you've graciously set up the podcasting equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was unable to help because I don't understand technology very much. Oh, that's all right. Um, yeah, thank you for you know for this. I don't have much going on in my life right now. Um, uh, well, does anyone really though? That's you know? true. Yeah, and that's something we'll get to a little no one's bit actually later. Doing anything important? Yeah, no one is. No, uh, and and anybody who tries to tell you different is otherwise. There's no heroes. There's no villains except in literature and right. fiction. That's true. And stories. That's one place. Great, great heroes. Odysseus, um, Holden Caulfield, uh, the great, the great men and women and just people of books and, and, and texts. And that's sort of what we'll be getting into. Uh, the goal of this podcast, which some people might say is kind of ambitious, is uh, for good friends to be able to get t- together and discuss different things that they've read and, uh, and understanding, you know, understanding things that we've read, yeah. improving comprehension. Right. Because I can say that I read uh, Ulysses... I haven't, but I can tell people that. You can tell people that you've read it. Yeah. Yeah. And this would be the but place this... to do it. But but we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> dig in to the honest truth. Uh just plain language, no bullshit, talking about reading. Mm-hmm. You know, for the first time in I would say probably ever. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Is just a just laying it all out, you know. Um I originally kinda wanted this to be like a like a book club type thing, like just uh-huh. like recording a book club, but uh, it seems cumbersome, which we'll get to later. Yeah, cumbers and cumbersome uh, to have to have somebody like keep up with like reading a novel or something. So mm-hmm. I think we're primarily going to be focusing on shorter things, and not necessarily just literature, but like maybe articles. You know, uh-huh. maybe somebody's Wikipedia page. Yeah, you could read and talk about sometime um, technical manuals, uh, instructions for like a vacuum or something. That might be if we're really running low on ideas. Yeah. But or we can, you know, even the good book, the Bible. Oh, uh, true, true. You know, you could have a whole series. You do Old Testament or New Testament. Yeah, whatever, whatever you want. You know, this is your. Your show. We should do an episode where we talk about the entire Old Testament. We go page by page. Right. And we analyze. Because I don't know if anybody's really ever, like, analyzed the Bible before like that. You know? I I, I don't... I I don't know. I I get the feeling sometimes that, like, you know, it's a book that, like, yeah, okay, like, you're a theologian or whatever, but have you actually read the Bible, you know? Right. And the answer is uh, probably yes, but I don't know. Like, who knows? I don't believe them. I have a question. How old is the Old Testament? Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Well, it depends on, like, how old are the words or how old is the book, you know? Because the words come from God. Right. And God is ageless and eternal. But it, the book came out, you know, well, I don't know, like 4,500 years ago or something? No, that's 
that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, but maybe you, I don't know. I have you no can idea. say any number. I I don't know. So well, let's do the math here. Crunch the numbers. It's 2018. Christ is born like 2018 years ago or something. That's yeah. what that means, right? Um, and I'm sure that's definitely factually, scientifically proven and not just like <laughs> some weird thing everybody agrees on. Uh, but so that's what the New Testament is all about. So the New Testament was like being compiled by weird like hermetic monks in caves and shit uh-huh. up into like the hundreds AD probably. And then I think that came out about through the fall of the Roman Empire and the rise of Christianity and all that. Uh, so the Old Testament was obviously before that. Uh-huh. That I'm more shakier on. But I'd say probably a good thousand years before that, maybe. One or two. Maybe 3,000 years, 4,000 years. That's pretty old. Yeah. But it really, that time does go by so quickly, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't think anybody was really thinking back then. You know, they were just like fishing and working you know mm-hmm. I mean, jesus was a carpenter he didn't really have time to think about how old the old testament was he was a busy man yeah get busy living exactly get busy dying yeah and i guess on that note we should move on i just wanted to say yeah we will mainly be reading shorter things um you know just anything as long as it's short uh maybe we'll read some longer stuff eventually as the podcast goes on and our reading comprehension improves, you know, by doing this, by practicing reading and practicing understanding, conferring. Um but for now we're gonna stick to short stuff. Um I have a quote here as famed uh, French short story writer Guy Maupassant uh once said If a story is made short, it becomes more gooder and better in an artistic way. The best stories are short ones because of that. And uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with that at this point. I think no, that's... I, no, no contest there. But I would say what, what's with the more gooder part? What's, what, what, what do you mean? It says more gooder? Yeah, that's what he... That's, I mean, it's French to English, so it's like... Uh, what I did was I looked okay. up just like a... Uh, a, a quote in French from, from Guy Maupassant mm-hmm. and uh, then I put it in Google Translate and then I ignored that and I wrote my own thing and said that he said it. Okay. Yeah. But it's, I think if he's alive that's what he would say. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I mean you look at like the most famous books from history are all very short. Uh-huh. You know, the Bible is like 10 pages. You know, the Beowulf is like 5 pages and Gilgamesh isn't even a page it's like one or two sentences yeah I've, I've read gilgamesh uh on the toilet once yeah i was how does doing that, number one you're doing number one so that's how short wow that that's crazy that you're like i'm gonna sit on the toilet do number one and i'm gonna do right. gilgamesh at the same time i'm gonna bang this out two birds with one stone uh-huh. you know um and everybody could do that you know if they wanted sure. to yeah. you just read gilgamesh whenever you go to the bathroom all right. So <laughs> today. Can we put a sound effect in there? Yeah. It's pow. Or just like a flushing noise. Um, today we'll be discussing uh, two short pieces that I chose uh, pretty arbitrarily because they weren't very long. Um, the first piece we're going to talk about is called The Night Came Slowly by Kate Chopin. Uh, Dan, did you did you read it? Did you end up reading it? I did. Yeah, I yeah. read it today. 
What did you uh, What did you think? Uh, I thought it was. Uh, it's pretty bitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she seems cool. Uh, that's really all I got. <laughs> bitter and cool. <laughs> she seems like a misanthrope. Yeah. Yeah. It's she a little bit like like uh, kind of. Like thinking about the period that she wrote this, it's a little kind of like sullen edgelordy for yeah. like someone who wrote in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, the story for anyone who isn't aware of it, which I wasn't, I looked up like shortest stories and this is one of the things that came up. Um Kate Chopin is like a kind of a precursor to like the Southern Gothic trend and is sort of like a was a woman who uh you know, she was married to a guy and she would write, or that's, what does that even mean? That's uh, a lot of people do that. She was married to this man, like a French man, I think, and they had six children, but she was like known for her like kind of femme fatale sort of ways. She would like smoke and go about town and was rumored to have affairs, I think. And then like her husband okay. died and she was unmarried and was just like, you know, a lot of her literature apparently expresses this attitude yeah. of like. So she was cool. Yeah, she was cool. Cool. Yeah, she was like, uh, I don't know. Kate, you you keep doing you, you know. Yeah, don't, you keep doing you. Don't let the humans get you. She doesn't like humans. No, that, I mean that's that's the first line. I'm losing my interest in human beings, which is like, well, you're writing a story about them, so are you sure? Right. You know. Well, she also says that she doesn't like books. Yeah, I she want says, neither books nor men. She said they make me suffer, so I can only imagine what writing was to her. Yeah, it must have been torturous. Yeah. Just spending all that time around words, you know, verbs, adjectives, gerunds, you name it. Uh. Yeah, it sounds bad. I mean, that's probably what this, what inspired this, because uh, the story, The Night Came Slowly, is all about turning away from those things that keep you down, like books and men. And turning instead towards uh, the solitude of the night, the summer night. Like the stars are the caressing wind, her words. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can relate to that, you know. She's, uh, she's talking about the night and all the mystery it contains, all of the qualities and, and different ways to describe the night. It's, it's very difficult to understand why this is a story, you know. Do you... I, I've said that to you multiple times. Do you understand what? I yeah, mean? I don't. I don't. There, there isn't really a story here. I guess it's like narration. The, the night comes in, um, and like, it comes slowly. Yeah, that's she makes that clear in the title. Right. She gets that out out of the way. It seems like it comes pretty quickly. When you read it, all of a sudden the night's there. Yeah. There's no tension. Yeah. It, it just immediately starts at eleven, cranks up to fifteen. You know. Yeah, I'm also wondering because she seems to like the night. Yeah, the right. night. The night is a confidant. Yeah. Um, the night is a good friend. The night is solemn and it means mystery. So I'm I'm wondering if she's had like a slew of men who uh, would come quickly. And oh. The night is the the antithesis of that. The night is dark and mysterious, and it it comes slowly. That's a that's an interesting idea. So you're suggesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this could be this could be like a blistering attack on the sexual stamina of men in the turn of the century America. I am, you know, I'm just 
I'm just throwing darts. Throwing darts. You know, it's a it's a thought. Yeah, I mean, it's a thought that that old old Kate could have had. You know, we we can never talk to her and find out what she meant by this story. I mean, the knight, if you think of it in a certain way, is an incomparable lover. There's really, you know, and the knight does always show up. It's there every night, night after night. The knight is there. I uh, I actually feel a little solidarity with Kate. You know, one time I uh, I took a bunch of acid. And I got really obsessed with the idea of night. And I like left uh-huh. my house with no shoes and just like walked into the into the city, just you know, far out in West Philadelphia, just no shoes on on like a rainy October night. And sure. I was just like thinking about the concept of night and I was really stoked on it and this <laughs> is like people like coming home after being at work and bringing home groceries and I was just like, Yeah, everybody's like going home to their families and I was like I was stoked on that so I imagine that me and, and Kate probably felt the same way you know that, yeah. that that's the same thing and I hope that someone else that it wasn't just me and I'm not the only person who ever thought yeah, that you, you feel a little less alone exactly yeah um, there's some good words in this story uh, yeah I'll say there's the caddy dids is it pronounced Katie did or Katie did? K- oh, Katie did. I was did, reading yeah. it as Katie did. Yeah, it's probably the Katie did. Yeah, which is, that's that's a funny word. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, who wrote this story? Katie, Katie did. did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you think that's <laughs> what she meant? That was like the secret, uh, like, I am the triangle Illuminati coded message. It's like, uh-huh. I wrote this story, just in case you forgot. In case this is found on a, a weathered manuscript, you know, 3,000 years from now and there's the, the monkeys rule the planet and yeah. they're looking through artifacts. They, they need to know who read this, but it doesn't say the author's name. Katie did. There you go. I could see that word, uh, you know, if you were like, what's that sound? Uh, and someone said, it's a Katie did. Katie did what? What? No, it's a Katie did, like kind of like a Abbott and Costello. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who's con- on first? Frustrating, yeah. Katie did. Did what? What? And then that's... And then crickets, because that's what they are. They're, yeah. they're crickets. Oh, they are crickets? You yeah. looked it up? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could claim that I knew it. <laughs> I because... didn't investigate that at all. I just don't... When I see new words and things, I just don't even look them up anymore. I like... If you don't know it, you don't know it, and that's... I just try to use context clues, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is something that we were taught in, uh, in high school... An elementary school, preschool, the hospital yeah. where you're born, context clues, make inferences. Yeah, I think most words you can do that. I I think in my like OCD, I, when I'm reading something, I can't move on unless I like. You gotta know. know yeah, yeah, I like check off everything. Like, okay, I understand this. Yeah, check off. Check off. Yeah, yeah. that's. Should we? Do you want to talk about him? No, <laughs> no, I've never read any check off, and I don't intend yeah, I mean, to. Neither have I. Neither of neither of us is gonna check off, check off from our reading list. I'm sorry to everyone about that and that that happened. That we just talked about that. The Katie did began their slumber. Song. You think everyone will listen to this? No, I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone. I'm sorry to one, <laughs> the one listener, who is to be determined. Perhaps the night will listen to this. Uh. You know. They came slowly. I bet they'll 
come quickly. I have a feeling the night will be here before this podcast is over. Do you think before so? Before this episode is over. Yeah. Wow. I think uh, I think the night's a coming. The night is a coming. Yeah, it is 7.01 p.m. And I mean, some people would argue that it's here, but it depends on your definition of night. And that was the thing that Kate Chopin really gra- grappled with was, you know, what is night? How do you define it? Um, why do fools cumber the earth? There it is, cumber, yeah. That was the, she She shouts that into the wind at the end of this story. Why do fools I cumber the earth? I can confirm there, I'm looking at an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. So. Right, and it was, apparently it was, it was a man's voice that broke the necromancer's spell. Um, I think the Katie did, perhaps, are the necromancer, or just the knight itself. And it seems like he, the, the end of this is actually the part that makes it kind of a story, where it's just like a, a person, a woman, I, I believe, uh, uh-huh. just indulging and reveling in the pleasures of the night, just listening to the Katie dids and enjoying everything that the night has to offer. And then a man, I think, knocks on her door and is like selling Bibles or something. Yeah, a man came today with his quote unquote Bible class. Or I guess, yeah, maybe the students of CCD or something. Uh-huh, yeah. Well. well and she, she totally, at the end, she says, Shall I ask a f- young fool who was born yesterday and will die tomorrow to tell me things of Christ? She's saying that a baby is a fool for, for dying? Yeah. For not lasting more than a day? I, I think so. And that's the way babies were back then. I mean, you had to really work hard to make them last more than one day. Oh, yeah, sure. But a fool? That seems a little harsh. I don't know. I mean, they're pretty foolish. They don't believe in anything. They don't have any ideals. They could have been great people. Yeah. They could have been the next Katie Chopin. Yeah, that's true. You know, who was overly dismissive of children? Katie did. Jonathan Swift. Jonathan Swift. (laughs) It didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. (laughs) I was getting on the train and... I guess I fell off the train or I got kind of stuck in those like weird parts between the train where people, you can go from car to car. Uh-huh. That's what happened to me there. Um, Metaphorically? Yeah. And, and literally we're recording this. Well, on yeah. The we're subway. actually on a moving train right yeah. now. You hear that? We're on the, uh, the Los Angeles subway. Maybe, maybe we should. Yeah. Hear, hear that? All aboard. Dining car. Do people say that anymore? All aboard. Uh, I I hope so. That seems like you know, kind of a nostalgic, wistful yeah. thing about train travel uh, that I don't really see now. It's just like, give me your, give me your ticket. Yeah. Can we curse on this? Yeah, there's cussing allowed. To be quite goddamn motherfucking honest, <laughs> all aboard, motherfuckers. That's what a cool train conductor would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. I wish. I wish there was more like old timey train language and like sailor language. Uh-huh. You know, like when you get on the bus, the bus driver is like, Avast me hearties, you know, and it's just like, you know, somebody on the bus gets to be the first mate. They yeah. sit closer <laughs> to the bus driver and they, they take over if he if he dies or, or, or she, if uh-huh. she, if they, yeah, any, yeah. any bus driver, any type of person who's a bus driver, if they get blown over by a blustery squall, you know, they're out on watch. Perhaps they're on the deck. And uh, I can't remember. I guess I was comparing buses to boats, but now I'm actually just talking about a boat. So I don't 
Maybe we should wrap up this story and move on to the next segment. Once we start talking about sailor language, I think that's time. For well, that. also, you, you're, you're talking about buses and boats, and now you got me thinking about Speed and Speed 2. I've never seen Speed 2. It's about a boat. Neither, I haven't also, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I know that it takes place on a, bu- on a boat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So you think those movies a were made ship. to compare the differences between buses and boats? I don't know, but maybe we should do a speed podcast. It's true. It is a great book. But we take speed and we watch speed. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we're on a high speed train. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What if, like, just saying, it was like crank, you know, or whatever, where you have to, like, do something to keep your energy up but there's like a guy who's the only thing he likes is the movie speed and so he has to just keep watching movie speed to like stay alive and so it's 90 minutes of a man watching speed sure yeah like the full length of speed it's just like a camera in a room filming a guy watching speed i would watch that yeah i think that's good i mean you're basically just watching speed with him right you know you probably see him like adjust and get up and maybe like get some popcorn or go to the bathroom when when that bus goes off that ramp and you're you're gonna need to go to the bathroom after that yeah you pause it because <laughs> yeah, definitely you're you're doing a whole lot of shifting definitely yeah that certainly turned my stomach when I saw it yeah I was like oh my god the part where is that the guy who plays Cameron from uh, Ferris Bueller is on the bus I think yeah he is yeah and he's like crying and he's like I can't do it I can't do it and I think yeah and he's shot right. No, I think he, he survives. He like He's like a nerdy dude on the bus, you know, and then there's like... I think they're transferring people from car to car or yeah. something, and there's like a big dude in the other one. He's like, come on, buddy, you could do it. And he like jumps, and he's like, ah, oh, and everybody cheers, and he's like, it's, it's good, you uh-huh. know, and everybody becomes friends because of this terrorist attack. What well, better way, you know? Yeah. 9-11 brought us together. It's true. Yeah, I'm glad that we I'm got I'm not a- saying we... You know, I don't. We we should come together regardless of yeah big yeah. events. You know, right? No, uh, it shouldn't take a nine eleven to bring us together. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> speaking of nine eleven and things like that, um, there's a lot of history. You know, today is three twelve. So I'd like to roll into our next segment. Uh, that we'll probably do every time unless we get tired of it or it's not funny uh, called This Day in Reading History. There's a lot of history for reading publication. You know, there's the printing press, your boy Gutenberg cranking out them them papers. Uh, you've got the cave pages. paintings, Hammurabi's Code. People have been reading all kinds of things for a long time. You know, uh, and Two of the big boys, two of the big icons of 20th century reading were born today. Uh, Jack Kerouac, famed uh, gallivanting bohemian hipster nerd, uh, was born today Uh in uh, some year that I didn't write down. And Edward Albee, famous playwright who wrote Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, was also born on March 12th in like the 20s or something. Uh Uh-huh. And who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? You know, I think the goal we're shooting here is to make it so that people aren't afraid of Virginia Woolf. You're not afraid to read, not afraid to, you know, share the fact that you read. Um, Do you understand? Yeah. (laughs) 
Do you understand um, the, the point I'm not making? <laughs> no, I'm on board with you. Okay. Uh, you know, I just, something just popped in my mind. Uh, my neighbor was growing up was born on March 12th. Do you have any fond memories of them reading? or? No. Uh, I just thought I would mention it. Okay, because... shout out, shout out. Their name isn't Jack Kerouac, is it? Did you grow up next to Jack Kerouac? It's not. Okay. No. Uh, okay. I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll move on. Um, no, just, that's what you that's what you call going off the rails. Yeah, that's know, a more that's train metaphors. Yeah, that's when the bus boat starts to hit an hits an iceberg and sinks. You know, that's what's happening now, and. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna die because the boat is gonna sink. Anyway, we may uh, die if this podcast isn't great. I think so. Yeah, I mean, this is where I'm making 100 percent of my income from, and so far it's it's generated no income uh, since we haven't put it out yet. Right. So, a lot is riding on this. Yeah. Well, we're we're still recording. We're still we're still going. So we gotta. How long have we been going for? We're just coming up on a half hour. On a half hour? Okay. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's kind of where I expected to be. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to be like, it's two and a half hours of riffing on the differences between buses and boats and what if they were the same. And Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the night. It's We're arriving at the point. Yeah, it's true. Surely, but slowly. But slowly. You know? I don't know why. I, remember. It's, I think it's slowly, but surely. Slowly, but surely. Yeah. yeah. Well... What are uh, words? What are words, you know? And that's a question that Jack Kerouac often wondered. Uh, did you ever read any of his 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 books? He was like a, a big deal to a lot of teenagers over the years. I feel like we read part of uh, On the Road in high school mm-hmm. or middle school or something. I, I never really had any interest in beat stuff. Oh, yeah. I was into it for a while. I liked it, you know, all his stories about hanging out, uh, drinking wine, and 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 not much else. I guess just traveling around, you know. Uh huh. It was appealing to me as a young man, but uh, at this point, like I, I look at his books and I'm just like, is that even writing? You just like literally just write what happened to you, and then just like put it out. <laughs> That's you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just like he like traveled around for years and then took a bunch of speed and then wrote for three weeks and like put it out and not i'm no one to judge but it's like especially as his career progresses he's literally just like sitting in a typewriter and writing what happened to him as quickly as possible yeah with like no punctuation and it's just like it's like can can anyone just do that like yeah yeah exactly and anybody kind of does now i guess yeah in a way he was the first blogger that's true yeah at least at least we know like like, I could be Jack Kerouac if I wanted to. Yeah, we anybody could. Um, so that's it. You know, this day in reading history. Um, that's a very successful segment that we did that we we're going to do. That concludes it. Uh, also, brief shout out. Uh, also born today, Mitt Romney. Wow. Yeah, another titan of reading history. Yeah, uh, I imagine he's read the Book of Mormon many times. He's probably I read. Doubt that. Um, the Constitution. I bet that he's been read legal papers. He's probably know. read the funny papers. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he's read the funny papers. I mean, have you seen Marmaduke lately? Yeah, that that Marmaduke. Marmaduke's a dog, right? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good dogs in the funnies. Well, he put a dog on his the roof of his car and Mitt, drove around. Mitt Romney did? Yeah, you don't remember that from... Remember that was a scandal? No, and, I don't I don't yeah, know at all. That was a, in 2012, in the, uh, the oh, 2012 yeah. election. That's the year that he ran against, uh, against Barry. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. It was like that and the uh, 47% comment. What did he? Uh, we don't have to get <laughs> to get into the 2012 election. Yeah, he, he put he put a car he put a dog, uh, the family dog, on the roof of the car because there was no room in the car. They were going on a trip somewhere, and they put him in his uh, in the dog's carrying case and strapped it to the roof of the car. That's and went insane. At least 60, uh, like down. They were going down a highway at some point. Can you imagine what that was like for the dog? Yeah, <laughs> like no creature should experience that. That's insane. And he he didn't have space. The guy's like a fucking billionaire. You know, he could have rented a bus. I don't know. Uh, well, I don't mean to rag on Mitt Romney here. He's obviously taken a lot of flack. Yeah, let's not let's not get rude. You yeah, know? we don't want to get rude, you know, just because he's a fucking rich piece of shit. You know, we want to respect people and be respectful because that's one of the primary principles of reading throughout the years is that you you know be respectful pay, right. pay attention uh keep it simple stupid you know kiss yeah yeah you gotta kiss the book all right so we'll move on to our second story i know people have been waiting for us to get into this this is the the headliner uh i like that it begins with per chance <laughs> in all caps yeah he's like Perchance, I don't know if that's like a an editorial thing with whoever posted. I think this. it probably is, but it sounds like he's like, um, <clears throat> perchance. Yeah, he for whom this bell tolls. That's like the uh, the sixteen hundreds equivalent of like yo, you know, like yeah. like, like people <laughs> yo yo perchance. Um, do you think? Do you think the bell tolls for ma? <laughs> Yeah, the church is Catholic and universal. Uh, John Don, Johnny Donnie, is the writer of this, uh, I guess it's a poem. It's uh, devotional literature from his seminal work, uh, Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions, or in full, according to Wikipedia, Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions and Several Steps in My Sickness. Uh, written by John Don. And what did you think of this? He seems very concerned with Catholicism. Yeah. So he's a Protestant? He's Irish, right? Is that what we're... No, I believe he's English. He's English? Um, yeah. English metaphysical poet and cleric uh, in the Church of England. Yeah, I, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't do the amount of research that would be required. He was born a Catholic. Okay. In England, I believe, but probably became a Protestant. He uh yeah, he's a poet. Uh he wrote this thing, Meditation seventeen, X V I I. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, I I got what he was trying to say, his his thesis. Yeah, well, it's all about like him being sick, I guess. Yeah, and he's worried about dying. I like the the uh, the book metaphor. Uh, oh yeah, 
translators. Yeah, God's hand is in every translation. And then people are... So people are pages, right? People are pages in the book, yeah. And a book is... A family? A country? Or everything, I guess. But then what's a library? Is that the universe? Oh, that's true, yeah. A library is much bigger than one book. There's usually many books. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I think you're right. Maybe a book is a family or like a town. So like Los Angeles would be like Infinite Jest or something. Right. It's like 1,100 pages. It's like really big. Or like Grey's Anatomy. You ever see that book? Uh, No. So that... I uh, don't want to get on this the show. Yeah, the show, I think, is named after a gigantic medical reference book called Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's like a thousand pages or something. My mom used uh-huh. to have a copy of it. She was a nurse. Um, and so that was, that was there. So that's what, you know, a big city would be like that book. Whereas, like, you know, Paris, Texas would be um, like a Goosebumps book. Yeah, you know, like two hundred pages, two hundred right. people. Uh, New York City is uh, like Grey's Anatomy, a thousand pages, a thousand people. You know, so many people are in New York City. I think the town I grew up in would maybe be like more like a leaflet or something. Oh uh, yeah, like a like a political thing or yeah. a, like a a note to the neighbors about like gas drilling or something. Yeah, yeah. Or like a love letter or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, South Jersey is for lovers. Most romantic place in the world. Yeah. I met my first girlfriend at the Ruby Tuesdays at the Hamilton Mall. And then I met my second girlfriend at the Pac Sun at the Hamilton Mall. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something you did back then. Yeah, none of those stories are true. I didn't mean to. I, I, oh, okay. I, 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 was, I felt pressured into... Into, into acquiescing to the theme of romance and expressing that that that, that was all a big lie to, uh, to mislead you. I was had. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a joke. It was a prank. We're both laughing. Mm-hmm. We're both laughing. Well, it's now. almost April Fool's. That's true. Easter Sunday, April Fool's yeah. Day. Incidentally, that's also my birthday. I was going to ask. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw... Something about that in the paper, in the news. Right. Um, in, the fun, in the funny paper? In the funny paper, yeah. Fred Bassett was, uh, was I don't know what Fred Bassett does. Um, Garfield was complaining about how there would be a Monday after Easter Sunday. You know? Yeah. Garfield was like, oh, I'm going to eat so much fucking lasagna. Yeah. But I can't stand what's going to happen on Monday where I have to just eat lasagna again and stay at home. <laughs> What does Garfield do? What does he? What does what he? he what, what is his occupation? Doesn't he just complain about shit and like, you know, shame his his owner for not being successful in his dating life? <laughs> yeah, uh, who the owner who pays for his food and and housing and uh, yeah, he's pretty ungrateful. Yeah. Well, um, John Don was <laughs> certainly not ungrateful. For That's, the gift of life. He, I don't know. This is like a hard, it's hard to talk about like a, a text like this uh, and really do it justice, you know, because this is a, it's a proclamation. It's a religious uh, uh, thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot of talk about religion. It's the poem where the phrase for whom the bell tolls came from. 
uh, mm-hmm. made popular by Ernie, Ernie Hemingway, and right. uh, you know the boys from Metallica decided to carry the torch and write a song inspired by by that. So it's good to see the way that 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 books and reading can have effects that go on over generations yeah, and it, centuries. It, it transcends time. You know, I mean, in the sixteen hundreds, you have John Don dying of typhoid fever in a bed and then being miraculously healed and writing about it and then you know 300 years later you have like Metallica just fucking cranking them out just like blasting their music just like blowing people away with the with the the guitar and I think there's a direct line you can draw from one to the other you know I think if John Don were still alive he would be a Metallica fan you think so yeah yeah but I also think it seems like there's some like Eastern philosophy in here, you know. Maybe yeah, it's a little more mystical than yeah. like, which I found interesting. It was I, I I saw it was like described as a devotional poem, or he was a writer of devotional literature. But then I looked at like the Wikipedia page for devotional literature, and it's all very like by the book, like like religious writing, uh, like about. I don't know the bylaws of the Church of England or uh-huh. something written by Italian monks or whatever. But this is like much more kind of mystical and and, and almost like psychedelic. You know? Yeah, I think he would be. I don't know. Maybe he'd be anti-capitalist. Uh, he would listen to Metallica, but he would support Napster and you know all those. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, file sharing. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we're reading this story for free. You know. That's true. We ripped this text from the <laughs> internet. Down, downloaded it from LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> along uh, with, right, uh, along right. with Crazy Rap by Afro Man. Yeah. Cold 45 and, uh, and Two Zigzags. And a few uh, videos of people dying. Yeah. You know. Gotta get those gore vids. Faces of death. Faces of the... death, yeah. And John, John Don was a man who did eventually die. That's true. The uh, bell finally done... Done went and told for him. Yeah, an old Johnny. We uh we read a poem by him in my English class in high school, um, called "The Flea," where he, I think, compares uh, a flea biting him and then biting like a woman that he loves as like comparable to like you know sex or relations of any way because it's like sharing blood. And it's very pithy, you know, uh-huh. uh, clever short little poem maybe we should have read that one instead of this uh obtuse religious expoundment expoundment's not a word i don't know um but yeah we read that in my english class in high school i'm gonna look that up expoundment what were your did you ever uh have like a good english class in high school or was i did yeah i had a Okay, so impoundment is a word. Okay, that's like when your car gets towed. I'm getting something about the result of a dam creating a body of water. Oh. Impoundment. Wow. I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, was there... Did you enjoy English class? Did you ever have like a good English teacher? Oh, yeah, I did. I, I, uh, I had uh, AP English my junior and senior year and both of them were, were pretty good. I remember reading some good stuff, Portrait of the Artist. Oh yeah. And Jimmy Joyce. Which, yeah. I always liked lit. Um, 
I didn't like gym class. No, I mean, who who likes getting dressed, you know? Yeah. Putting on the shorts and the shirt. And spraying axe on... <laughs> you gotta get that axe, though. You gotta you gotta spray both did armpits. It, both did anyone feet. shower in your? No, no one showered. No. I don't think because the way '80s movies presented it was yeah. that uh, high school was a horrifying place where you have to shower every day uh-huh. and you get like beat up in the shower. Uh, maybe that's prison movies. I don't. I don't. Either way, there's a lot of kind well, of crossover. Was prison? Let's high school not, was. Yeah, I mean, if you're there, you let's know, not, it's not uh, sugarcoat it. No, it's Eddie. it is torture. Um, yeah, the showers were always empty. It would have been funny to just go and like be the one person who showered or whatever. There was yeah. like just no time to like we would like come in, get dressed for like two minutes, go play uh, pickleball or dodgeball or something for half an hour 40 minutes and then come back and we'd have to get dressed again Mm -hmm. you know and very few of us were exerting enough energy that would require a shower either like i don't there's so many people who just like you pass gym just by getting dressed right at least in my school (laughs) yeah no that's the same so you don't have to do anything but yeah i liked english class too sometimes you had good teachers i had a really good teacher one year who was the guy who assigned that John Donne poem. But it was kind of a weird thing where, like, having a good teacher who you, like, respected and thought was really smart was actually kind of shittier because, like, so many of the kids just didn't care. And he Uh was, like, really cool and, I don't know, like, read books because he got something out of them and, like, knew, I don't know, connected them to his life as opposed to, like, a lot of... English teachers I had were just like, yeah, it's fun to read and it's entertainment. But like Uh this guy was like kind of having us read some like deeper shit, you know? I remember there was one kid in that English class who was like, I was a new kid that year and the other kid was a new kid and a rumor started that he was like a police informant (laughs) because he like was like talking to people about drugs all the time. And, uh, and so that was a, an object of concern in my English class more than the more than the works of John Donne or, right. or John Milton uh, was you know is that dude Chris a cop like a secret cop and uh, and he wasn't he wasn't no and he got I remember somebody made a joke about it in that English class and he got really mad and like slammed his desk and stormed out really yeah yeah so that's that's when reading reading goes wrong when you read into something too much, you know? And sometimes reading can uh, lead to murder. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, uh, Charles Manson uh, read the liner notes of the White Album and decided And that to, was it? That's all he needed? He decided to become a bad man, you know? He decided, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a bad guy. All because of the, you know, the lyrics of wow. of the Beatles. You know, the, the lads from Liverpool. How do the Beatles feel about that? We should get them in here. We should get them it. on the show. Yeah, yeah it's been... All, all of them. <laughs> yeah, we should the get all of them. The specter of Bring them Lennon. on. We should get Robbie Shankar in here. We yeah, should get, why not? Was it Pete Best? Is that the guy who was... The guy who, like, stood in for... Uh, yeah, when they played in, like, Hamburg Faringo? or whatever. Was it Faringo? Or? I don't know. I think so. 
let's get the whole crew in here. You yeah. Know, let's get the stones as well. You yeah. Know why, I mean? why didn't we think about that before? I don't know. It would have made an entertaining show for sure. Yeah. I mean, you get those guys, you know, those guys are partying, you know, like Keith Richards. Yeah. Keith Richards is, uh, he's doing something depraved right now. Yeah. Well, I hope that he's reading. You know, I hope he's sitting quietly. I hope, yeah, I hope he's reading a nice book with a nice hot cup of tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope Paul, uh, number two, uh, you know, because... Oh, because Paul is dead. Yeah. yeah. We'd have to bring the original Paul in, too. <laughs> yeah, but he's he lives in, in the Yukon, like deep in the woods. Uh-huh. With uh, Andy Kaufman and... Andy Kaufman and Elvis. Uh, Elvis. Jimmy Hoffa. Tupac. What a crew. Yeah. I wouldn't want to play them in a five-on-five game of basketball, I'll tell you that. Or maybe I would, <laughs> now that I think about it. I don't know if any of them are tall. We're, I, I guess, off topic all. if there yeah, was yeah, a topic think, that we were on. You know who isn't tall? John Don. Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, in his own words, no man is an island. So clearly he didn't think much about the size of men. Someone else who wasn't tall, Dennis Hopper. At the end of Speed, that's sorry right. for the spoilers, but he gets his head. He's on a train. He he like has his head up, and it, like a sign hits it or something. It knocks his head off. Yeah. And then Keanu Reeves says, uh, "Well, at least I'm taller." <laughs> he sees a man die. He's like, <laughs> I was thinking the other day about how fucked up it is that like him and Sandra Bullock like get together at the end of that like yeah. i get there's a lot of endorphins running but i'd uh-huh. love to see the movie that's just like about their lives after that that's like not action-packed like yeah like how do you you know the mundane reality of <laughs> how like do you top that you know? yeah of like dating someone who you met because they were on a bus that was gonna explode yeah. and you saved them but what happened i think there would be a lot of like bus foreplay in the bedroom you know oh yeah yeah i think there would be like some uh complicated feelings maybe they were only attracted to each other because it was the adrenaline and the uh the action uh i if i saw anyone's head get knocked off and uh, i'm staring at a headless person i don't think i would make a quippy comment like that no i i i think i would probably vomit and be scarred for life yeah I agree that that's what would happen to you. Um, you know, it's it's hard your first time, your first kill. Yeah, yeah. But once you've got a couple operations under your belt, you know, I'm sure you get... I don't know. Does, does that even, like, what kind of, like, thing is that to happen to an organism to, like, get used to, to killing? Just, like, I guess, you know, assassins do it. I've heard. But do you really ever get used to it? Yeah, do they do they feel bad? We gotta do get they? an assassin in here and yeah, we should. questions. Yeah, we should bring um we should bring Bill and Hillary in. Yeah, know? there you go. Yeah, yeah. Modern day assassins. Yeah. War criminals. War criminals. They killed Vince Foster. You know, I don't want the podcast to turn this direction. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Bill and Hillary, you know? Yeah, no, I voted for both of them. I'm 27. Uh, I voted for Bill the first time around. The first time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I send him a vote of confidence. Then I'm like, keep doing what you're doing, maybe, because I don't know what you're doing. Right. So just do it, and I'm not going to think about you. And that's how I think of Bill Clinton Sure. at this point. Um, 
And I don't know what John Don would think about Bill Clinton. You know, good segue. <laughs> Um, John Don was he was he was ecstatic to be alive after his horrible sickness, and is one of the few writings he ever admitted to writing. He didn't acknowledge authorship over a lot of the things that he wrote, but he stood by this, you know. Mm-hmm. And for a second, I was going to recommend that we read the entire Devotions Upon Emergent uh, Occasions. But I couldn't figure out how long it was. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's like a hundred pages or something. I don't know if reading one hundred pages of this is a reasonable goal for achieving and then discussing. You know, I mean, how would you talk about that? So I'm not exactly sure how to wrap this up. Um, I think we're nearing the end. You know, it's been fun. I think we've learned a lot. I, I learned a tremendous amount. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm ready. You think you're ready? I don't, I don't know what for. Maybe a maybe a longer, a longer a uh, longer book. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna dive into John Donne. Yeah, I mean, and Katie Chopin. Yeah, they're they're good writers, backed hard, um, best writers, best people. You know, uh, if they're coming through town. You know, if you ha- if you have a place that they can stay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're good. I, I recommend both stories. I give them two thumbs up. I think it's worth reading. They're both short, and I think you can you can gather your friends and family around, and you don't need us to do this. You know, just read the story, talk about it, talk about how it makes you feel, talk about where you went to high school and the movie Speed, and yeah, I mean it's good. I don't know what we'll do next time. You know, if there is a next time, but hopefully something longer or shorter. Well, let's see how much money. You get from this, you know. Yeah, from this episode. Yeah, we've got some advertisers, advertisers, any tizers, lined up coming from TGI Fridays. Um, I hear the Clintons have some money. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we could blackmail them. With the 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 bombshell information we just dropped here, (laughs) Hillary, I think we have something you might you might want to hear. Yeah, that's what that's me talking to. To Hillary, right, right. I was Hillary. In that. Yeah, you were yeah. Hillary there, and we were play did, acting. Did I do a good job? Yeah, you were good. Um, yeah, I tried to look as shocked as I possibly could. Yeah, you seemed really surprised. Yeah, I could see like it wasn't what you said because you didn't say anything. It was uh-huh. more like in your face. I could see like you getting into the character and just like worrying about like like what about my my daughter like her political future and my grandchildren like I don't I can't I could see that all in your eyes like you right. were, like inhabiting character did you also feel any uh inkling of of a threat that if you go through with this just know i'm i'm a, I'm a clinton i have people that always looms in the back of my mind every yeah. time i talk to her you know yeah so you know I, I i don't want you to be a target so you know careful be careful well i think we can probably end on that there is uh you know be careful um, this has been the Good Friends Reading Club. Thank you for listening. Thanks for having me. And we will uh, we will see you all again sometime. Goodbye. <laughs>